Hey, you are tuned into the Bold Church podcast. My name is Yasmin Ruhi. I am one of the lead pastors here. We're so excited that you can join us for today's talk. We hope it blesses you. We hope it encourages you. And if you find it useful, go ahead and send it to someone else whose day you can bless. If you want to join us, we meet live every Sunday morning. If you want to find out our times or where we're meeting, head to our website at bold.church or head to our Instagram at boldchurch.com. SV. Thank you so much and enjoy today's talk. Thank you. Awesome. Bold church. You could take a seat, take a seat. Um, hey, if you don't know me, um, I've been here actually a couple times. I realized I think it's been like four or five times uh, in the last few years, and it was pre-pandemic, and then I came kind of during COVID craziness uh, when you guys were meeting at 5 p.m. at another church. Um, And then uh, today, and I honestly, just even driving up, um, I was hearing a little bit of the story uh, that this is a, a, four squ- a former Foursquare church is still a Foursquare church. Um, and if you don't know, man, I, I'm telling you, Foursquare is, it's got an, an incredible heritage. We are actually in our centennial year of Foursquare. A um, hundred years uh, in 1923, uh, a woman named Amy Semple McPherson started the Foursquare movement. And it's, it's, it, it is a denomination, but it is a multi-denominational. It's the the heart of Foursquare has always been interdenominational. Um, it's Pentecostal roots. It's we believe in Jesus, the Savior, the baptism in the Spirit, Jesus, the Healer, the soon and coming King. Um, and so I just got a little bit excited because I actually the university that I get to pastor at and lead at uh, and teach at is actually a Foursquare university. And so we are family. And again, if you're like I don't know what Foursquare is, I'm just coming to Bull Church. Awesome. Well, you're a part of an incredible heritage, um, not only Bold Church, but the Foursquare movement and this beautiful church that has been here, I think, since the 50s or 60s. Um, what a heritage. And so what I'm believing for uh, Bold Church is that you would continue to, it's crazy that you can actually uh, receive blessing and inheritance from things that you did not sow. And prayers from people in the 60s and the 70s and the 80s and the 90s that you are getting to reap what they invested, the tears, the sweat, the blood, all the stuff that you're getting to reap that. And so I'm just believing the best days of Bold Church are ahead. Um, And uh, it's incredible, man. It's incredible. So it's, it is an honor to be back here with you. My wife is not here with me. She is. We actually are, are visiting her family in Las Vegas. So I flew out of Vegas uh, to be here last night. And um, I, I flew out last night, going to be flying out today back to Vegas. And we'll be uh, heading back uh, to California in a couple days. So we'll, we'll see. We're going to spend 4th of July in Vegas, I think. I don't know. Um, but I just want to say, too, that, you know, you know you really love Jesus when you're at church on a holiday weekend, right? Like, that's when you're like, you know what? I'm gonna, I could go on vacation. I could just call it an easy Sunday, chill at home. I'm going to go to church. So just shout out to you for just making it to church today, okay? Um, and uh, just a huge thank you to uh, Pastor Ali, Pastor Yasmin. Just I know they're not here. Maybe they're watching online. If you guys are watching online, we love you guys. We honor you. Can we just give them a shout out? We love you guys. 
We are uh, praying that you uh, just get that rest and Sabbath, that you're, you're coming back just fully recharged, big vision, continue to move this thing forward. So um, I, if you have your Bibles, I want to jump in. Is that okay? Um, I can't see you, by the way, all I see, these blinding lights. Um, if we have maybe some lights to turn up in the house, just so I could see. If not, it's all good. But I, I'm gonna. Be, if I if I'm squinting, it, I'm not mad at you. I'm just I want. I'm I'm trying to see see you out there. So um, if you have your Bibles, go ahead and t- uh, turn to Acts chapter 18. Acts chapter 18. Um, the last time I was here, uh, it was kind of a sad day because um, it was around the time when the, the San Jose Sharks had beat out the Golden Knights. The um, so I, I just, you know, I have to say it, but go Knights, go. Look, we finally made it all the way. I know I don't want to cause division in the house of God, but, you know, it just, you know, I'm bringing, I'm bringing greetings from Las Vegas. I'm bringing also greetings from the Los Angeles Dodgers as well. And so I know I'm just, <laughs> I just saw somebody walk out. <laughs> Isn't it amazing that we could gather not around our sports teams, but around Jesus? Amen. That's what we're <laughs> You're like, I, I like this guy until he started talking about the Dodgers and the Knights. I don't like this guy anymore. Um, but uh, no, it's, it's incredible. Man, what a, what a sports season this has been. So um, I, I, I pray for your, your teams. All right, here we go. Uh, Acts chapter 18. <laughs> Acts chapter 18. Uh, let's read a couple verses here. It says, in 19 through 21, it says, they arrived at Ephesus where Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. Now, again, I'm, I'm going to kind of do my best here. I'm going to take this Sunday morning. I, I'm going to utilize a little bit of my, um, like my teaching professor hat. Okay. So it's going to be a preaching, but I'm also going to treat this like we're in a classroom at Life Pacific University. So I wish I had a whiteboard. Oh man, we'd have so much fun. It'd be a three hour sermon, by the way, but um, it would be awesome. So you learn a lot. But I want, I want you to learn a little bit as well as, as getting inspired by the Word of God, be transformed by the Word. But I think I, to me, and I say, I think I said this last time, but like, what good is a Sunday sermon if it doesn't apply to a Monday morning, right? Like, what good is it like to be like, woo, that was awesome, but what do I do on Wednesday? Like, I, I, my boss is crazy. Like, I'm, how does the Sunday speak to my Wednesday and my family and my work in my school and my situation and my finances. I'm, let's get let's get into the practical things as well. So I, I always again like to preach to your Mondays and preach to your Wednesdays and preach to the Fridays. So um, I want to do a little bit of teaching today. I'll get into I'm going to do a little bit of historical reconstruction as well in what's happening here. So um, they arrived at Ephesus. Paul left Priscilla and Aquila. He himself went into the synagogue and reasoned with the Jews. When they asked him to spend more time with him, I love this part. They're like, Paul, can you stay with us? You're awesome. Paul's like, uh, no, I'm leaving. <laughs> oh, thank you. Let there be light. Amen. <laughs> wow, look at you all look good. Look at your neighbor. Say, you look good. Did you, did you do your hair different? You know, I don't know. You know, praise God. Your eyes, your pretty eyes. All right, here we go. Um, so he says, uh, he says, but he left. He goes, no, I'm not going to stay. But he says, I will come back if it is God's will. I'll come back if it is God's will. So he set sail from Ephesus. So basically, Paul arrives uh, in Ephesus with Priscilla and Aquila. He goes, does his thing. The Ephesian people are like, can you stay? He goes, no, I'm good. He leaves. Priscilla and Aquila are there. Now let's go to uh, jump over to verse 23. Uh, of Acts chapter 18. 
After spending some time in Antioch, Paul set out from there and traveled from place to place through the region of Galatia and Phrygia, strengthening all the disciples. So at the time, Paul had planted some churches. He'd gone around that whole region, the Mediterranean world, and, and wherever kind of the Lord was leading him, he'd plant some churches. Believers would be raised up. He'd spend some time with them, and then he'd go on to the next place. And then he started to revisit those churches. So that's kind of what, what's going on here. He's strengthening all of the believers because we need, uh, as believers, how many of you know it's not a set and forget? Like, I, my life is great today, but guess what? You could be, like, doing crazy stuff by Wednesday, all right? So, like, we need that kind of encouragement. That's why coming to church is really important, because it's like a chiropractic adjustment. If you have ever gone to the chiropractor, listen to me, it is not a one-time thing. It's not, it's like, it feels good with the neck, like, breathe, <laughs> You're like, did I just die? Like, what, what happened? I, I, I'm seeing, like, co different colors. Like, and you're like, I feel great. But then a couple days later, it's like, ooh, I need to go back. So that, that's essentially, we need to consistently be, uh, you know, adjusted in our faith, our perspective. Uh, they're aligning with the Spirit of God. We have a natural propensity to want to do what the flesh wants to do. How many of you know when we are born, we are not naturally born uh, to say, like, yes. We are naturally born to go, no mine. Now, it's like that is the sin nature is constantly selfish. It's no, it's mine. We need Jesus because in Jesus, we become like the Spirit, like Jesus. We live by the Spirit and, and we, we operate in the things of the Spirit. And so we, 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 we kind of we have this propensity to become more like the flesh, but we need the Spirit and we have that realignment. So that's essentially what Paul is doing is realigning the churches. Hey, y'all are acting crazy, so I'm going to strengthen you once again, okay? Like, that's what we need a community for. So, he, meanwhile, a Jew named Apollos, a native of Alexandria, came to Ephesus. He was a learned man uh, with thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He had been instructed in the way of the Lord, and he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately, though he only knew the baptism of John. That's really important. We'll spend some time there today. He began to speak boldly, I feel like I got to just emphasize that. He began to speak boldly. Now, this is really significant because of what had happened, uh, what's happening here. He began to speak boldly in the synagogue. When Priscilla and Aquila heard him, they invited him to their home and explained to him the way of God more accurately. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, which is Corinth, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there to welcome him. When he arrived, he uh, was a great help to them who by the grace believed, for he vigorously refuted his Jewish opponents in public debate, proving from the scriptures that Jesus was the Messiah. Now let's go to Acts chapter 19. Just flip over to the, we're doing, again, we're, we're in school today, okay? Today you are Life Pacific University students. Even though you didn't enroll, that's you are now admitted to Life Pacific right now, okay, for the next 30 minutes. 
Um, Acts chapter 19, verses 1 through 7. While Apollos was at Corinth. Now notice we're in a new chapter, but there's still the same story that's happening. Just because we come into a new chapter in Bible reading doesn't mean it's a completely new thought. Like it could be the same narrative that's continuing on. Also, by the way, when the Bible was written um, and and translated and all that, uh, it wasn't until like the 1300s that chapter verse divisions were added. So essentially when people would in ancient times read the Bible, you just would be reading. So they were added, verses and chapters were added to be able to help us in finding things. So there are. this is kind of the same thought and same narrative. All right. So Paul took the road through the interior. So Paul, uh, while Paul was, while Apollos was at Corinth, remember Apollos, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. There he found some disciples. He asked them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? They answered, no, we've not even heard that there was a Holy Spirit. So Paul asked, then what baptism did you receive? They said, John's baptism. Then uh, they replied, uh, Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told them to believe in the one coming after him, that is in Jesus. On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Holy Spirit came on them, and they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were about 12 men in all. So I know that was a lot of Bible reading today again, um, but I've titled this message today, um, The Other 12 Disciples the other 12 disciples. If you don't like that title, I have another title for you, okay? I've come prepared to Bold Church today, okay? Um, it's like Netflix, just a lot of options here today. So, all right. Um, the, the other title is this, Did You Know There's More? Did you know there's more? Look at your neighbor and say, did you know there's more? Did you know there's more? Would you pray with me? Jesus, we thank you for this moment together. Thank you for the privilege of getting to share your word with this beautiful church here in San Jose, Lord, the incredible heritage of the city, the heritage of Foursquare, the heritage of Bold Church, Lord. We thank you that the best days are still yet to come, Lord, as they even in just a few months celebrate six years, Lord. We thank you for your grace, your favor, Lord, your open doors, that, God, you have sustained Bold Church in the last season, and, Lord, it's going to continue to move and continue to impact lives, Lord. I thank you that you're going to use me today to speak your word clearly. Let it be like a seed that falls on good ground and produces harvest in our lives, Lord. I I pray, Lord, that we wouldn't just be hearers of the word, but we would be doers, that we would leave this place transformed, not because of a sermon, but because of your scripture and your voice. I pray that as I speak, you would be speaking to hearts all over this room and those watching online as well. We thank you for who you are, in Jesus' name. Everybody said? Amen. Amen and amen. Um, just last week, uh, my wife and I, uh, we just got back. So just a little bit of backstory. So I'm about to celebrate two years married, still married, crazy, still married. Um, no one said marriage was going to be, you know, hard, by the way. No, I'm just kidding. It was, it's not. It's, maybe later it's going to be hard, but I would say the first two years have been pretty great. Um, we'll, you know, I, you know don't, don't, don't be that person. Be like, oh, just wait. All right, just calm down, okay? Just take it easy. Oh, wait till you get kids. I was like, all right, sh- just calm down. Um, but, uh, 
So it's it's been incredible. We're about to celebrate two years, and it's it's her birthday. We're doing a a fun trip, and uh, just excited um, for you know just being married. I'm a little bit upset that I haven't been invited to Bold Church a marriage conference to speak um, because I have a lot of marriage. I'm just I don't have this. Can you imagine how long you've been married? Two years. Yeah, you don't have anything to say. Um, We're in the space right now where we are asking people who've been married for a long time. to this same person, um, wisdom, okay? Like, we're like, hey, I really just want your wisdom. I want your, like, give me thought. Like, we're two years in. What are, because we don't want to go, you know, uh, five years and not have people in our life that are speaking into our marriage. And so, um, but we've been taking a lot of fun trips. And um, recently, about two weeks ago, we went to Yosemite. uh, And uh, and, uh, we bought a 1974, it's a Paris Pacer fiberglass 13-foot camper. It's really cool. Like, it's like eye-catching. If you see it on the road, you're like, whoa. Like, people stop us all the time in our campsite, and they're like, can we look inside? I'm like, that's weird, but sure. Come on in. Um, and it's just, we, my dad and I redid the entire interior. The, the exterior is all the original uh, fiberglass paint from uh, 1974. And so we do a little bit of travel, and it's a lot of fun. But we just went to Yosemite uh, for, for three days, uh, just a week and a half ago. And uh, my wife, there's certain things, again, that like I thought I knew about my wife. And then you get married, you're like, wow, you're like a completely different person. <laughs> Like, before we got married, um, she swore that she loved the ride Guardians of the Galaxy, okay, at at California Adventure. So we got married. I'm like, hey, let's get Disney passes. And so we got Disney passes, and we go to California Adventure, and we go to Guardians. She's like, oh, I don't want to do that ride. I'm like, why? She's like, I don't like it. I'm like, where was this when we were dating? This is a deal breaker for me right here, okay? I love this ride. Um, but uh, one other thing that I could say that I didn't know um, was that she, she's not much of a hiker, okay? I thought she was like a big hiker. She loves the outdoors, but she loves the glamping. She wants to sit by a lake. She wants to just walk to the local village store, you know? <laughs> Like, she's like, oh, yeah, where's the Yosemite Valley store? I want to look in there. And she's buying a $60 sweater that you can get for $10, you know, on, on eBay. Like, what in the world? Um, so I'm like, hey, babe, I know you want to just chill all day, and it's great. But, like, can we just go on a hike? Let's do a hike. And so we, uh, I, we find, if you've been to Yosemite, there's a hike called F- uh, Vernal Falls Hike. And it's a beautiful hike. Now, it is a tough hike, okay? It's, it's pretty much at an incline the entire time. And then the last bit of it, you, you, it's like giant steps, okay? Like stone steps that you're going. And you get wet from the waterfall. So you have to put on a poncho. It is a journey, but I didn't tell my wife that, Okay. <laughs> So I said, hey, come on, it's going to be super easy. So we start going, and within literally five minutes, she's like, oh, my heart. My heart hurts. I'm like, okay, you're fine. Take it easy. You're literally 25 years old. Okay, you're okay. You're going to be fine. And we're going, and we're going, we're hiking. She's like, are we almost? She's turning into a different person as we're hiking. She's the Hulk just is coming out. She's just like, why did you make me do this? I'm turning back. I hate you. No, no. So we're just going, I'm like, come on, babe. like, let's go. Well, you got this. We're already halfway. We're, we're not even halfway. And, and here's what's funny is we're seeing little kids going up the hike. And the worst mistake I did was I was like, babe, look, kids are doing it. And she's like, say that to me one more time. I'm like, All right. So, okay. I'm, I, just a fact. A little kids. Okay, here we go. 
So we're going, we're going, we're climbing up, we're climbing up. And then we finally get to this little, uh, it's, it's like a little bridge and you can see the waterfall from a distance. She's like, wow, we made it. And I'm like, nope, sorry. She's like, but, but the waterfall's there. I'm like, it's, we still have like another half a mile left. And the last mile, half a mile is the worst part of it. And I'm like, come on, let's rest a little bit here. And there were people there that were taking photos. And look, I'll tell you, the views were amazing. You know, anywhere in Yosemite, you close your eyes and it's posted on Instagram because it's going to be the best picture you've ever seen, okay? Like, it's amazing. So, like, people were taking pictures, selfies, the whole thing. It was a beautiful view. But I'm like, come on, can we just keep going a little bit further? Like, let's just go. You can do this. Okay, fine. So I convince her because I'm very convincing. It's almost like, uh, you know, it's like talking is what I do for a living. Okay, so, um, so I was like, come on, you can do, come on. So we go up, we, so I, I put on my little uh, rain jacket. She doesn't have one because I didn't tell her that she needed one. And so she's getting wet. As you can see, I'm a really good husband. So <laughs> praise God. Um, as, so we're, we're hiking. It starts getting really hard. And at this point, it's like you're taking huge, it's like two feet of steps. You're just going up these rocks and just, all this stuff coming at you. It's, it's all this like water from the waterfall. The crazy thing is though, is that we, as we were going up, I was like, oh my gosh, these views are amazing. And I, I, I kept taking pictures and, and, I, and I was like, okay, I'm going to put my phone away. And we kept going up this little waterfall. And as we got even higher, I noticed something. I was like, oh my gosh, these photos here, like what this view is, is so much better than it was down there. On our way down, I noticed something. I noticed that people were kind of further down taking photos. And there was a part of me that wanted to go, hey, I know this looks really good here, but if you just keep going, just like a couple steps up there, the views are so much better. I wanted to tell them, hey, did you know that the trail doesn't end here? That there is actually more to see. And church, look, I, I feel this this unction in my soul, like this, this, this urgency in my spirit for a generation of young people, a generation in the church that are stopping on the trail of their walk with God and they're, they've plateaued in their walk with God and they're taking these photos going, look at these incredible views. And listen, I feel this like urgency to tell you, did you know that if you keep going, there is more for you? Like, I know this is cool, but is, I'm, am I talking to anybody that's been looking at the same thing over and over and over again? I think this is why we come to church. We come to church and we're like, yeah, I know what's going to happen. It's 25 minutes of worship and it's going to be the transition moment. And then someone's going to preach and then it's giving time. And then we go home and I'll do it again next week. And for anybody that feels like I've done this before, I've seen this before. I came here from Vegas, from Los Los Angeles to tell you there is more for you. There's more. Now nah, I've seen it all. No, no, no. There's more for you. What would it look like? I want to be like the coach hiker, like the, he just, just say, say, hey, could you just keep going? I know it's hard. I know it's tough. I know there's been difficult seasons in your life, but did you know that if you just keep going, if you don't quit, there is more for you. 
There's more. Did you know that you will never run out of being able to see the newness and the beauty and the power of God? There's more. That's what heaven's all about. It's not going to be like, oh, we've been here a hundred years in heaven. I'm really sick of God, man. Like I've already seen all the phases of God. It's like, I've, yeah, it's, all right, is there anything else? Like a hundred, how, how long is this? Oh, eternity. Oh, great. <laughs> Did you know that we will never, even Paul declares, we will never fully understand how deep, how high, how wide the love of God really is, even in heaven for all of eternity. Think about the concept that all of eternity, we still cannot and will not be able to grasp the bigness, the greatness of our God. He is big, and that means there is more for us. There is always more. If you're still breathing, there is more for you. If you're still alive today, there is more for you. If you're younger, you're 15 years old, there's more for you. If you're, I don't say old, if you're wise, come on somebody. If you're wise, there's more for you. There's more. I was thinking about this idea and, it, and I was, that same kind of sentiment, there's, did you know there's more? That kind of thought just came into my heart. And I was reading in Acts and I noticed Notice how Paul kind of, uh, kind of goes to the, back to Ephesus and he shakes some of the disciples and he asks them, did you receive the Holy Spirit? I think that was kind of the sentiment of, did you know that there's more for you? But here's the thing, in good biblical exposition, you can't just start in Acts chapter 19. I've got to start in Acts chapter 18 in order to fully appreciate Acts chapter 19. And so in Acts chapter 19, we get the story. And I want to reconstruct this for a moment. So Paul uh, is with Priscilla and Aquila, some fellow members of the church, right? And when I say the church, this is the Mediterranean churches, like all of them together, uh, that, that Paul, the, the early churches uh, had been planted and, and Paul's again continuing to encourage them. But this is a moment when Paul, Priscilla and Aquila, a couple, uh, they all travel together to Ephesus. While in Ephesus, Paul goes, you guys do your thing. I'm going to do my thing. He's with some of the Jewish leaders uh, in the synagogue. He's debating with them. They go, hey, we love you, man. Would you stay? He goes, nope, I'm leaving. He leaves Ephesus. He goes, but I will come back if it's the Lord's will. So notice that Paul exits the scene. We don't hear from Paul again for a little bit. So he's gone. Now the scene turns, if we're watching a movie, now it cuts to the scene of Priscilla and Aquila. And, and this is a really significant moment because Priscilla and Aquila, uh, we are introduced to a guy named Apollos. Now I want you to notice what it tells us, what the writer is Luke, uh, what Luke tells us about uh, Apollos. He tells us this. He goes, there was a man from Alexandria who was in Ephesus. He was a learned man. Means he was educated. He had thorough knowledge of the scriptures. It means not only was he educated, he had education in scriptures. He, was, he had a Bible degree. He was, had his master's degree working on his PhD in Bible and theology. He had been not only that, but he had been instructed in the way of the Lord. So not only was he educated, he had his master's degree, but he had mentors that had taught him about the way of God. And notice this, he spoke with great fervor and taught about Jesus accurately. Now that is a really good resume. If, if any of us were described this way, I think we'd 
say you're doing pretty good. That's a real, like, I would want a whole church like that. Give me a church of learned, of knowledge of the scripture, instructed in the way of the Lord, speaking with fervor and teaching about Jesus accurately. That is a great list. We could have stopped there. In fact, Luke could have stopped his description there and just moved on. However, he adds in this little observation here. He goes, though he only knew the baptism of John. Though he only knew the baptism of John. Now, I need you to understand this, that the baptism of John was the water baptism, and it represented the, 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 it was repentance. It was to speak on repenting and to believe in Jesus. That was the, the baptism of John. The implication here is that Apollos, he was a learned man, he knew of the scriptures. He taught. He was instructed in the way of God. He taught with fervor. He, he, he had it all. However, he only knew the baptism of salvation. He only knew that the salvation call, there was something missing. And it is implied that Apollos did not know about the baptism in the Holy Spirit. It's implied there that Apollos had all the qualifications, but there was more. There's more. And so Priscilla and Aquila, they hear him preach. Go, this guy's awesome. He has everything, but he only has John's baptism. Imagine what he can do with the baptism in the Holy Spirit. Now, mind you, when you are saved, you receive the Holy Spirit. I want you to know that. But there is a different kind of baptism that Jesus talked about. A baptism of the infilling of the Holy Spirit. That your life is filled with and that you are led by the Holy Spirit. That you have an advantage as a believer to, to be infilled with the power, the presence, and the person of the Holy Spirit in your life. And notice that Luke goes, he only had the baptism of John. He didn't quite have baptism in the spirit. So what happens here? The Bible says that Priscilla and Aquila pull him aside and they took him to a home. This is why I, I, love, I love church community. I do, and Pastor Yasmin just said it there. But like, you know where transformation happens? In homes. Like, like real, like, like that, that teaching, the Bible studies, the community, like this is where the Bible says that they took him and in a home, they explained the way of God more accurately. There's only so much you can do on a Sunday morning. There's a limit to time. There's a limit to what you can do and how much time you have and how deep you can get in certain things. But imagine Priscilla and Nicole go, Hey, come to our home. We, we want to explain the way of God more accurately. In other words, Apollos, we want to tell you that there is more for you. We know you have all the qualifications, but there is more for you. And I feel like we're living in a time right now where we have a lot of Christians that are 
saying the right thing. They believe in Jesus and they are saved, but we're missing the advantage of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Imagine the advantage of the Spirit in your workplace, in your family, to be led by the Spirit in business deals and to be led by the Spirit in investments and to be led by the Spirit in your family, with your kids, in your workplace, in your school. I want to be led by the Spirit. I don't want, look, you... There are certain things. You can do things by might, but it says we need the Spirit of God, not by might, not by strength, but by the Spirit of God. Can I tell you there are things that you've been trying to do in the flesh that God says, oh, if you would just do it in the Spirit, I will move mountains in the Spirit. You know when Jesus talks about the mountain? He's not talking about a physical mountain. You can't speak to a mountain. You go from here to there. It will not move, but listen, in the Spirit, you can speak to mountains in the spirit. You can speak to demonic things. You can speak to issues and problems and addictions. And in the spirit, you will say, go from here to there. And it will go in the spirit. There are physical battles that you are fighting in the natural that need to be won in the spirit first. It's a spiritual battle. I'm pretty sure I read in my Bible somewhere that we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, the physical. We wrestle against principalities and demonic powers. Guess what? Spiritual realm. We need spiritual tools to fight spiritual things. And listen, ain't it like the enemy to discredit the spirit in the church today because he knows the power of the spirit in your life and in my life. And I know when we say Holy Spirit in the church, it has a hundred different reactions. When you say Holy Spirit in church or old school, Holy Ghost, come on. When you say Holy Ghost, Holy Spirit in the church, it's got to do, it's got it, it, sometimes it carries some baggage because of some experiences that people have had with people claiming certain things of the Holy Spirit experiences connected to the spirit of God. I just want to set the record straight. You could quote me on this. The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. Can I say that in church? The Holy Spirit is not weird. People are weird. People make it weird. I've been in those services. People try to push you down. I've been in the camps where you just like, you got to do the stance. Oh, you will not push me down. I'm ready. Go ahead. They're just, nope, I'm ready. I've been in all kind of weird services where they're like, oh, you haven't been baptized in the Holy Spirit. Here, repeat after me. Speak these words. Say these, say, this is tongues. And all of a sudden you're, you're just like saying words that didn't come from the spirit, but it came from a person. And you're, and it, oh, you didn't receive the tongues. That means you did. You're no half faith. All the stuff. Listen, it carries some trauma. Listen, man. Listen, I, I feel like God wants to heal His association, the Spirit's association, His presence's association with bad experiences. Because when you're in God's presence, when you sense the Spirit of God, when you get filled with and touched by the Spirit, it ain't weird. It's powerful. You'll get healed. You'll get filled. 
You feel joy. Listen, what's weird about the fruit of the Spirit? Joy? Patience? Oh, that's so weird. You're pa- no? Kindness? Oh, what a kind. You're too kind. That's weird. Like, it's the fruit of the Spirit. Self-control? Like, the Spirit's not weird. People are crazy and weird. They pull Apollos. They say, hey, there's more. I know you've, you've been coming to church for 30 years. I know you've been a Christian for 10 years. And, you, and you, you feel like maybe you've plateaued. You know the way of God accurately. You teach Jesus. It's all great. But did you know there's more? Did you know there's more? Now, here's what's crazy. Is it from that moment, Apollos, he goes, hey, you know what? Send me to Corinth. And, and, and Priscilla and Nicole go, perfect. They write a letter to the church in Corinth to say, welcome Apollos when he arrives. Now, I want to point, I want to emphasize that they wrote a letter uh, to the church in Corinth. Now, what I believe, this isn't in the scripture here, but what I believe actually happened here, because it, it's the only way to explain what happens in Acts chapter 19. What I think happened here was that Priscilla and Aquila wrote two letters. They wrote one to Corinth, but they also wrote one to Paul. And I think it, the letter contained something to the effect of Paul. We met a man when you left. We met a man here in Ephesus. His name was Apollos. And he was a learned man. He had thorough knowledge of the scriptures. He was, he was instructed in the way of God. He spoke with great fervor. And he taught about Jesus accurately. But he did not know the baptism in the spirit. He only knew the baptism of John, the baptism of repentance. And I believe that they wrote something to that effect to the apostle Paul. And the letter got to Paul who was not in Ephesus. Remember, he left there. He goes, if it's God's will, I will return. So all of a sudden, Paul, I believe, gets a letter which explains the following. Because in Acts chapter 19, it begins with saying this. While Apollos was at Corinth, notice we're still being uh, informed of Apollos' whereabouts because it's still the same story we're talking about. It says, Paul took the road through the interior and arrived at Ephesus. Now, this is important for you to understand as well because I was reading one of the commentaries. The road through the interior was a word uh, for upper, the upper lands, referring to the highlands and means that Paul did not travel the usual Roman road west by Colossae and Laodicea and the Lycus Valley the cities that he did not visit in Colossians 2.1. Instead, he took the more direct road through the Caster Valley to Ephesus. So in other words, I believe that Paul got this letter informing him of Apollos, and I think Paul was so moved by the idea that there are people that are not living to the fullness of the gospel, the fullness of the kingdom. I think Paul was like, I, there, what? Apollos? Are you kidding? It says that he takes the road through the interior, the uncommon road, the fastest. He goes, what's the fastest way to get back to Ephesus? You know, what's wild too, is that this road would have included Tarsus, Paul, uh, Saul or Paul's hometown. So Paul would have taken the route through his hometown and not even had time to focus on and say, hey, he just said, 
Bye, guys. I'm on mission. I'm not even going to stop in my hometown. I got somewhere to be because there are people like Apollos that believe that they love Jesus. They teach accurately, but they are not living to the fullness of the gospel and the spirit of God. And so I believe this. And again, I think it's in the text. It's letting us in on in, in reconstructing this whole narrative here in Acts chapter 19, because Paul takes the fastest route there. And what's the first thing he does? Paul's not like, hey, guys, you guys good? How, what's, the, what's the latest uh, pop-up restaurant here? I want to check out some new foods in the area. I know I've been gone for a little bit, but is there any new food or coffee places? I'd love to, love to grab some coffee. What does Paul do? The first thing he does, he found, look, he took the road through the interior right to Ephesus, the fastest route. He found some disciples and and he asked, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believe? I could imagine him like shaking someone's like, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? Paul was known to be very intense. Did you receive the Holy Spirit? I, I, I imagine the person just being like, we didn't know. We didn't know. Just be, we didn't know. I swear. We didn't even know there was Holy Spirit. So Paul asked them, what baptism did you receive? Now, notice that they say the response, we received John's baptism. They replied, and Paul said, John's baptism was a baptism of repentance. He told the people to believe in the one coming after him that is in Jesus. So if Paul had to tell them to believe in Jesus, what does that tell us implicitly? Come on, class. Look at the text. I'm not going to give you the answers. It's not Jesus. What does it tell us implicitly? It tells us that if he had to tell them to believe in Jesus, it tells us that they did not believe in Jesus. It tells us, notice, and I wish I had a whiteboard here, but Notice it says he found some disciples. Now, when you do some, some study in that, they were disciples on the outside. They were the disciples, what I believe, a lot of disciples that we have in the church today. The disciples that are like, man, I'm a disciple. And upon closer inspection, well, which baptism did you receive? Uh, the, the John one? I, uh, the, hey, why, why do you believe what you believe? Uh, Easter? <laughs> Christmas? Uh, we don't know. When you, when you inspect, when you ask just a couple questions, it's like, I, I don't, I'm just here, disciple, I'm a disciple. That's what I think. I, I, I come to church, you know, once every five months. That's what these disciples were. Disciples were. But the crazy thing is, is that Paul, he doesn't condemn. He's not like, are you kidding me? You claim to be disciples. You don't even know the Holy Spirit. But in one instance, they get saved. And watch what happens. 
On hearing this, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, which means they were baptized in the baptism of repentance. And then watch this. When Paul placed his hands on them, the Spirit came on them. And they spoke in tongues and prophesied. There were 12 men in all. By the way, these 12 men were the foundation of what would later become the Ephesian church. Right here through 12 people. What can God do through an Apollos? What can Paul do through the 12, the other 12 disciples who at closer inspection, it's like, maybe I I don't know Jesus. Maybe I I haven't even heard of the Spirit, but maybe I'm not even really saved oh, no problem, today's your day. So Paul said, if you're one of these guys, today's your day. You could receive Jesus today. You could be baptized in the Spirit today. You could prophesy and speak in other tongues. You could, you could receive the gift of the Holy Spirit today. You know, I'm all, again, I'm all for, like, the give me the the. the the teaching, the whole thing. But I'm like, you know what's so beautiful about this is that later Paul would write back to the Ephesian church, this, the foundation of this church. And I want you to point out as the, maybe just the keys or some, or the whatever, guitar. Let's get some drums. (laughs) Can you imagine? (laughs) As I close out, we're going to close out with some drums in the back. (laughs) That'd be crazy. That'd be awesome. But I want to point out the fact that, like, this is now some time later, and Paul is writing back to the Ephesian church. Because I think it's important to see how does the Spirit, like, how is the Spirit incorporated in your everyday life? That's kind of where I'm at. I'm like, how can this actually apply to every part of my life? And notice how Paul writes to them. He goes, in, in Ephesians chapter 1, he says, when you believed... You were marked in him with a seal, the promised Holy Spirit. Ephesians 1.17, keep asking that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the glorious Father, may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation. If you need wisdom, the Holy Spirit. Ephesians 2.18, for through him we have access to the Father by one spirit. If you want access, if you're saying, hey, I feel distant, listen, the spirit of God. Ephesians 2.22, and in him, you too are being built up together to become a dwelling place uh, that God lives by his spirit. Ephesians 3.5, which has not been made known to people in other generations as it has now been revealed by the spirit to God's holy apostles and prophets. Ephesians 3.16, I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with the power through his spirit in your inner being. Ephesians 4.3, make every effort to keep the unity of the spirit through the bond of peace. Ephesians 4.30, and do not grieve the Holy Spirit of God with whom you were sealed for the day of redemption. Ephesians 5.18, do not get drunk on wine, which leads to debauchery. Instead, be filled with the Spirit. Ephesians 5.19, speaking to one another in psalms and hymns and songs from the Spirit. Sing and make music from your heart to God. 
Ephesians 6, 17, take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. Ephesians 6, 18, and pray in the spirit on all occasions with all kinds of prayers and requests. With this in mind, be alert and always keep on praying for all of the Lord's people. This is now the spirit's activation in everyday life. Wisdom, that you have revelation, that you're being led by, that you don't grieve the spirit. You're filled with the spirit. You keep the unity by the spirit. You build a church through the spirit. The spirit of God. If you're here today, two, two groups I want to pray for, but you'd find yourself to be kind of like an Apollos, where it's like, man, I've, I, I, I love Jesus. I'm, I feel like I know the scriptures accurately. I feel like there's, there's more. I want to pray for you that you would just receive an infilling of the Holy Spirit. And if you're the second group where you're kind of, identify kind of with the 12 men, where you're like, you know what, at closer inspection, maybe, maybe I've, I've just been kind of coming to church, but it's not become something real for me. I, I, I claim to be a disciple, but I really don't know much about what this means to follow Jesus. Today's the day of salvation. It can happen today. You're like, what do I need to do? What did they do? They believed in the one that came after John. It's Jesus to believe and receive. So if you bow your heads, close your eyes all over the room. If you feel like you're that first group, would you put your hand on your heart? You're the Apollos kind of just, I, I, there's, I know that there's more. I want to pray for you just right there where you are. Just put your hand on your heart. Jesus, we thank you right now that you're filling this room with your spirit. We thank you, Lord, that you're filling our hearts, our lives, our minds with the Spirit. We receive the infilling of the Spirit of God. Come on, right there where you are, would you say, fill me, Lord. Fill me. Fill me. I want to be filled. I don't want to be the person that's on that hike that stops halfway. God, I want to continue to move forward. I know that there is more and the more is the spirit of God. So fill us up today. And if you find yourself in that second category, these, this group of, of men, right, that don't really know, they're, they're not really, they think they're believing, but they don't really know Jesus. If you're in that place and you say, hey, I, I wanna put my faith in Jesus, maybe rededicate your life or maybe for the first time you say, I want to put my faith in Jesus today. I want to say yes to the baptism of John, the baptism of repentance. I want to repent for my sins and receive the free gift of salvation. If that's you, would you put your hand on your heart? I want to pray for you right now, all over the room. Could be one, it could be none, but I want to pray for you. So right now, Jesus, you see our hands all over this room. Lord, we repent of our sins. And today we receive the free gift of salvation. Lord, we thank you that this is the baptism that Paul was talking about that was the baptism of John, the baptism of repentance, that we repent. But Lord, I thank you that there is another baptism, the baptism in the Spirit. And Lord, that you would baptize us all as we believe in you, that you would baptize us all. Let this be a church, bold church, that is filled with the Spirit. 
Some of the only times that the word boldness is attached is to the Spirit, that they were filled with the Spirit and that they spoke with great boldness. They led with great boldness. So let bold church continue to be filled with the Spirit because as we are filled with the Spirit, we will be bold in the things of the kingdom. We thank you that the future of bold church is a future of the Spirit of God. That the future of bold church, that there is more for bold church, is a future of the Spirit of God. That there is more. Would you fill us up today? In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you want to follow us on social media and just stay up to our current events, our social media handle is Bold Church SV. That's Bold Church SV for Silicon Valley. We hope you stay blessed and we'll see you soon.